With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. Once again, I'm joined by Colin Watt. We're on a little earlier because there's going to be two different broadcasts today, Colin. We've got a very special guest who will be dialing in after this bulletin, perhaps to give a different perspective on what we're going to be talking about. Some major developments in the world of Celtic uh, over the last 24 hours in relation to the reaction, not only of the influential fan group, the Green Brigade, but also of some former managers, and in particular Martin O'Neill. There seems to be a charm offensive in the press uh, over the last 24 hours, Colin. What do you make of all of that? I think it's to be expected, to be honest. Um, when you look at things, when you look at the people that's made the comments, in particular Martin O'Neill, Neil Lennon was his sort of protege. Um, you, you look at the iconic images of Neil Lennon, it's the one at Ibrox where he's got his arm round him and I think when he was coming into management, Martin and Neil was a, a mentor for him. So I'm not really surprised that Martin and Neil coming out and backing him. What has been probably the biggest development over the last 24 hours has been the statement and the banner from the Green Brigade. Now, when you look at it, they are, as a lot of people have said on social media, they're not the voice of the fans, but they are an influential fan group. And to be honest, I think this is what you would expect from them because I think if we were at the games, you would have probably seen these banners before now because of the way things are going. And I've seen a lot of people saying that they were out of order. I've actually seen some people saying they should take their season tickets off them. People have a right to voice their opinions. And 
if they believe that it's the time to, to go, I would say I, I do agree with them. This, the club have come out and made their point that they're not going to move on Neil Lennon, but for me, I see that as the, the vote of confidence in him, the dreaded vote of confidence, and he's probably maybe only one or two bad results away from being, uh, being let go. I've been thinking long and hard. I mean, every day I've been thinking long and hard about this, Colin, because it's been the subject of the, the bulletin now for some time. And uh, some people say to me, you know, you keep going on about it, but our narrative is determined by what's happening at the club. Our narrative is determined by the performances on the pitch and ultimately the results that Celtic are getting. So whilst we're not doing too well, I mean, we've got to reflect that, Colin. You can't, you know, be a sycophant. You can't say everything's going to be okay. You've got to analyse the situation and look for reasons as to why. You know, why is it not going well? What's the reasons for it? Can it be put right? And uh, there's a multitude of reasons. I mean, there's so many things that are mitigating circumstances around what is happening at Celtic at the moment. And some fans, and by the way, there's a lot of... There's a lot of comments coming through already and I would expect that because it's a very emotive subject. Some will agree with what the Green Brigade have done. Some will, will vehemently disagree and will try and give as much balance as possible. There is no narrative here, Colin. It's not as though everybody needs to agree with what I say or you don't get on the show. Um, I never brief you as to what you have to say on the show or anybody else. Everybody has their own view and that's what's important. We need to get the views out. So as you say there, the Green Brigade are uh, a very select group within the Celtic fan base, um, respected by many, and a lot of people don't think that uh, what they do is right. I mean, I think they've brought a lot to Celtic Park over the years. I've spoken about them, I've praised them. They don't always get it right, Colin, but I think what they've done over the piece has been fantastic for the atmosphere um, of Celtic Park over the years. So what's happened here is, you know, a Celtic state of mind, I I guess I've pinned the colours on the mast. I mean, it's all about Celtic for me. The priority is all about Celtic. And I think it would be catastrophic if Celtic were not to win 10 in a row this season. I really do. Um, I think we're, we're staring down the barrel of that as we speak. Unless something dramatic was to change in terms of the performances on the pitch, um, I can't see that that changing personally. But unless something dramatic was, was to change, we're not going to win the league. Now, people continually tell me to look back on last season, the capitulation of Rangers... That doesn't mean to say that we've got a God-given right for our main challengers to start dropping points. They don't look like they're going to start dropping points. So at this moment in time, I can understand how emotive people are. I've given my view on the situation. What happens tomorrow night if Celtic go out and play as they did against Lille in Europe? I mean, I'd love to see it, Colin. I'm not one of these guys that's willing Celtic not to win a game. When Luxalt scored uh, to make it 2-2 against Hibs, I'm diving about like everybody else, like I'm in the stadium. I, I don't want Celtic ever to get beat. I never want to see Celtic losing a goal. I would never be that way-minded to try and force a change. You know, I'd much rather, and this is the thing, this is my point, I would much rather Celtic turn this round under Neil Lennon. I would much rather that was the case. But unfortunately, the doubt has set in with myself because I don't see enough improvements over a consistent basis. So I'm going to be taking as many people's views on that as possible. But over the last 24 hours, what I found interesting was the narrative in terms of the the press coverage, and in particular, Martin O'Neill. Now, Martin O'Neill's name has been brought up time and time again by Celtic fans talking about a potential replacement 
for Neil Lennon. Now, I think that's split right down the middle and people can't handle the thought of that. Other people would actually be open to the thought of that. There's also the third suggestion that should we even be talking about a replacement? Because when I made my feelings clear about Neil Lennon, the first thing people ask is, who do we replace him with? Well, the guy's still in a job. So you've got to deal with that situation and it's down to the board to have that contingency in place. So Martin O'Neill's comments, let's start off with that. One thing I did notice, and I've got the piece in front of me here, one thing I did notice is that he's talking about some of the, um, some of the contributing factors um, around the Celtic performances this season. Blame COVID, blame Bolly, but do not blame Lennon. What's your thoughts on that? I think it's the, the narrative that's sort of coming out of the club as well. When you see... Um, what's been in the press lately um, which seems to have came from the club that the board is not happy with the position but they are content with the fact that in their minds should the games in hand be won then Celtic would only be five points behind Rangers um, they believe that Covid has had an effect on the players and they've not been able to, to handle that and they also believe that Neil Lennon is the, the person to, to turn that around. Now, when I look at that, we speak about COVID and we speak about how it affects the fact that there's not 60,000 fans in Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. But every other team's had to deal with that. It isn't as if it's just affected Celtic. Every other team in Scotland have had to deal with that. I get everyone goes on and on about how the atmosphere at Celtic Park is phenomenal. But at times that only really works on a European night. When you think back of the great European, the great atmospheres at Celtic Park, you don't think back to a, a Saturday at home to um, to Motherwell. You think back to the European nights against Manchester United, against Juventus, Barcelona, those kind of nights where Celtic Park becomes famous for what it comes out. Covid for me, I I, what excuse can you give for that? Does it affect their training? No, the guys are in a bubble. I just, I don't know. And there's a lot of comments I've seen about um, people saying that there's excuses and excuses. But for me, the the main problem, I think, with Celtic this year um, goes back to an old saying about doing the same thing and expecting different results. And I feel as though when you look at the team that we put out uh, at the weekend, that is exactly what we're doing. We just keep going back to the same and same uh people over and over again, the tried and tested, as people said last week, and expect to get a different result just because we've had a couple of weeks break. We've got to start making changes to the side. We've got to start making changes to the way that we play. And I don't know, is the final change that we need a new management team in? It could be. There are a lot of people saying, uh, oh, the, the hate for Lennon is disgusting. That's not the case. Nobody has any hate for Neil Lennon. Everybody respects the job that Neil Lennon has done under such difficult circumstances both times that he's been at the club. In fact, let's say three times because he was here as a player as well. And what is really at the the root of everyone's opinion is that they want to win the league. Now, you've put your point across several times, Paul, that you believe the only way for Celtic to win the league this season is to change the management system. And that's the view out there of a lot of people. And there's other people that believe that Neil Lennon can turn that around. But they both have the same objective. They want Celtic to win the league, and that's the bottom line. 
Yep. Absolutely. I mean, see when O'Neill's name was being mentioned as a as a possible replacement or or coming in, do you think at any point, and I mean this with hindsight, do you think at any point it would have been good for him to actually come in to assist Neil Lennon? I think Neil Lennon's job, and people scoff at this idea, it's one of the biggest jobs in European football, Colin to be the manager of Celtic Football Club. Yep. I'm just waiting for the Rangers fans' memes on that one because I know they, they watch this show intently, Colin, and then they put it out on social media. It's hilarious that people have the time. It's quite tragic. But Martin O'Neill, as you say, has, has been an omnipresence in the career of, of Neil Lennon. And I'm pretty sure um, is, is some someone that Neil Lennon can call upon. I mean, when I, I did my interview with Neil Lennon a couple of years ago, uh, I'm not sure he'd speak to me now, but when I did my interview a couple of years ago and I was speaking about the Barcelona uh, 2012 game, he spoke about phoning Alex Ferguson in the, in the weeks leading up to that game for advice on how to face this, what was then the best club side in the world. So I think Neil Lennon is not averse to actually speaking to uh, managers he's maybe uh, got to know or managers that he's worked with Colin and I think O'Neill would probably be in that category uh, at some point over the years but he is a name that Celtic fans were uh, mentioning in terms of a potential replacement on a short term basis I think some of the comments Martin O'Neill has made um, yesterday would actually make me believe that he's not really in touch with what's happening I don't think he's in touch with what's happening here at Celtic No. No and I don't think he showed any interest in taking over um, on a temporary basis if that was the case um, I think if, if Neil Lennon was to let go I don't think Martin O'Neill would want to take over that role from him I also don't think he's the right person to turn to if that was the case because I think the game of football has moved past managers like Martin O'Neill when you look at the performances he's had in charge of the teams most recently I think his style of football doesn't suit the modern game and what are you bringing him in for? Are you bringing him in to change the way that we play football? Or are you bringing him in for him to get the respect of the dressing room? And if it's to get the respect of the dressing room, yeah, okay, you need a big manager. You need someone with a lot of um, reputation. But if you're looking for someone to change, as Neil Lennon says, the culture of the team, then you're looking for someone with fresh ideas, with ideas that are relevant to modern football. And I don't think that um, guys like, Martin O'Neill or even Gordon Strachan that's been mentioned in recent days is the right move for Celtic if that was the, the case they had to the way they had to go down Well there's risks associated with any managerial change Colin and I absolutely get that um, and I think that we're now in a case of what are we now are we the virtual fans is that what we are is that what Martin O'Neill thinks that, that we are oh, virtual well. fans okay um, so does that make us any less because we have no cha- we have no choice than to be virtual fans you know it doesn't make us any less it doesn't make our voice any less um, relevant to the, the situation and our opinion any less relevant but sometimes people think oh you're just a, a podcaster looking for hits this and that so you'll see something controversial uh, all that I ever see on here is my views and then we try to back them up with some balance and what is important today Colin is we're going to have some balance because there's going to be a second part of this show with a completely different guest who thinks completely differently and is very much behind Neil Lennon so I think that's also important to get that balance and strike that balance as well get two views Um, so when we're looking at uh, a respect of the dressing room you just said there if Martin O'Neill comes in they demand a a man like O'Neill would demand the respect of the dressing room surely Neil Lennon should demand the respect of the dressing room do you think he still does do you think he still has that 
I think so. Um, I definitely think that there is the respect from quite a few of the players. Maybe some of them don't respect him as much. And I think you can maybe take a look at some of the players and some of the attitudes that you've seen. I mean, I would definitely say that Volleyball and Golly did not respect him earlier in the season when he made his trip to Spain. That's that's a clear and obvious um, like show that he had no respect for Neil Lennon as a manager or the club when he went off and made his trip. Is there other players that's like that out there? Is it maybe the reason that we're not seeing so many of the players? Because they don't have the respect of Neil Lennon? It's an interesting one. Um, when you look at the boat, the staff he's got around him as well, you've got Gavin Strachan, you've got John Kennedy. When you're looking outside the, the terms of um, Celtic and you look at what they've done in the footballing world, is there a lot out there for them to be respected by people that's coming into the club? Now, Neil Lennon obviously got the respect of guys like Albina Yeti, who he managed to convince to come to the club. Mm-hmm. But as we've said over the, the last few weeks, there's been a lot of talk about Odson Edwards' performance over the last few few games. Does he need someone else there that can get a performance out of him? Has Edward decided that he's not going to develop any further under Neil Lennon? There's, I think- there's so much going on. Yeah, I think the the question of Edward is a massive one. It's certainly one of the the mitigating uh, factors of Celtic's poor performances or inconsistent performances uh, this season so far, thus far. So I think when you're looking at that, if I was a manager and um, one of my star players was uh, quite happy to go away and perform and was able to perform for his international uh, side, but then when he comes back, it looks like a shell of the player that we know he can be. That would concern me. I would be thinking that he's not playing for me as an individual, or he's not playing for the club because he's wanting out of the club. Is he one of the guys that Neil Lennon has referred to as being an agitator in terms of looking elsewhere and has done for some time? Well, listen, he might not be agitating, but he's certainly looking elsewhere. We all know that, Colin. So we've got Martin O'Neill's uh, views coming through, and I totally get your point on uh, the ball and goalie gate. Uh, yeah it was a total lack of respect for Neil Lennon for Celtic Football Club and for every single Celtic fan and I'm pretty sure he'll never wear a jersey again a green white hoop jersey again as a result of that uh, you mentioned Gavin Strachan uh, because there's been a lot of talk around the coaching staff who appointed Gavin Strachan was that something that Neil Lennon was was party uh, to in terms of the decision making process um, I remember back in the day and this is me just uh, using a wee bit of linkage here Colin but I sent a book. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. To um, a guy called Dara McAntony. I don't know if you remember him, who obviously uh, was heavily involved in Peterborough. You'll, you'll be aware of Dara McAntony, a very successful businessman, um, and he was—he's uh, been a chairman of Peterborough United. Now, 
didn't I didn't realise this, but you know I knew of his uh, his kind of Irish roots and stuff, and I sent him one of my books. And he, at that point, he ran a magazine called Football Twenty Four Seven. It was a very short lived magazine. It was in the form of Four Four Two, and he, did, he he gave it a glow. He didn't review it; someone else did. But it got a glowing review in this kind of like um, national football magazine, which was quite unusual at the time. It turns out the guy's got. He's Celtic minded. He's he's got a Celtic state of mind, right? Which is great. But um, he, he appeared, yeah, fairly recently on a podcast talking about his surprise that Celtic had uh, appointed Gavin Strachan, and that's coming from someone who obviously was well aware of his performance and the job he was doing at Peterborough. Uh, I think I was pretty surprised. I don't know about yourself. It was quite a left field uh, move. If the guy comes in and he's brilliant, then. You're a genius for making that move and making that decision. I haven't seen anything at all to say that it's been a good decision. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I mean, the name Gavin Strachan to me wasn't even known before we were linked with bringing him in as a coach. And when you look at someone that he's replaced, obviously Damien Duff is a household name in, in the terms of UK football. A lot of people know what he's done as a player, as a coach, maybe not so much. But when you look at things like that, when you're being coached by someone like Damien Duff, then you respect what he's done in the game and you take time to listen to him. I'm not saying that Gavin Strachan's a bad coach. Don't really know what he's he's like. But when you're replacing someone like Duff with Gavin Strachan, I don't think that was the, the right appointment. I mean, the, the coaching side of things, where do you, you kind of turn there? I think I agree with what you said the other day that if Lennon was to go, then he would probably need to clear out the backroom side as well. And the only person I would keep is Stevie Woods, the goalkeeper coach. Then again, you're looking at bringing a whole backroom team in midway through a season. It's Mm. difficult. We're in a very difficult situation and we've got ourselves into it. And we either get ourselves out of it or we need to make the change. You're right, we have got ourselves into it. This is the thing, we are the architects of our own demise uh, thus far. I'm of the view, Colin, that this can be salvaged. I actually think that this situation and 10 in a row is salvageable. I know that a lot of fans are feeling that it's not at this moment in time. There's probably a few comments that we'll go through um, as we go through the broadcast who'll say that the 10 is gone. I've seen a lot of that yesterday. I don't think it is. I mean, it's not finished yet, but what has to happen is a change and there's one of only two changes can take place the first one is Celtic as they stand um, have a massive sea change and I I don't mean a change in culture just a complete change in terms of their attitude Um, and that starts tomorrow night a lot of people are writing off the European games Colin but that starts tomorrow night because if we see a a 60 minutes I would like to see 90 minutes and I'm going to ask you about that in a second as well like we did against Lille if we see that tomorrow night then it's promising the other change of course is a complete change in manager and that, that includes the entire coaching staff along with that, it's not one individual uh, Neil Lennon carries a can, of course he does for bad results, I mean that's football but I don't think there's enough in that uh, in that dugout that would suggest that anyone would be filled with any kind of um, kind of confidence that either John Kennedy or Gavin Strachan should be there beyond Neil Lennon, um, so let's have a look at that, Colin, I'm going to ask you a, a very simple question that I was pondering yesterday, what's your finest 90 minutes of the season that Celtic have produced this season? Has there even been one? (laughs) 
Now, Colin has uh, obviously been lost to the elements, so what I'll do is I'll invite him back in while I'm still talking. And I want to turn my attention to the, the, the viewers' thoughts that are coming through thick and fast, and uh, we'll co- concentrate on them until Colin comes back in the room because he's been lost, and that's just due to the, the Wi-Fi in his area, I'm guessing. So he'll be back, and we'll get back to him. But in the meantime, let's have a look at some of your comments. Stephen Forbes suggestions that social media and online platforms are not representative of the supporter base are simply archaic. Society's adoption of digital media has only been accelerated by COVID across all ages. Now, that's something I completely agree with. Um, I think that you can get a good cross-section of the opinion of a football fan base based on social media channels. I I totally uh, believe that. So um, for me, if someone is calling people who are setting up podcasts or doing broadcasts, um, you know, virtual fans, then that's a bit of a concern because I think we are representative of the wider fan base. Now, Colin, could you speak to us? Could you tell us that you're still in the room? I'm still here, I'm back. What did I say? What did I say? Anyway, we're, we're now looking at our attention on some of the, the the guys and girls viewing the podcast. Stephen Forbes makes a good point, which I agree with. And all of a, all of a sudden, a group of fans who, let, let's... You know, let's look at this. A group of fans who are within the Green Brigade, they're, they're, a, they're a very small group, really, if you look at them on the wider fan base. But if they go to Celtic Park with a banner, that's going to make headlines. So what I'm kind of looking at and what Stephen has touched on there is the fact that um, Colin's away again and he's obviously struggling. Um, the fact that uh, the Green Brigade come out with a banner and all of a sudden everybody steps up, stands up and takes notice. But we, uh, on a Celtic state of mind, we're going out to... Um, our actual viewing figures are up above half a million in the last 28 days across all platforms. And we try and give the people that are tuning in the platform to actually air their views. So I think that digital media or the virtual fan at this moment in time is very important. Um, so what we'll definitely need to do is go through as many uh, of the points coming through as possible. And Joe Porter states that the club is in denial. If a European night no longer matters for Celtic, then the club's standards have fallen into a cesspool. This is one thing, Joe, that has been said time and time again um, about the European Games and by some of our pundits, actually, um, that the European Games don't matter this season. Um, I don't think that could ever be the case for Celtic. I think uh, Europe always matters. Europe is always important to a club like Celtic. Um, And going forward, it's got to be as well, Joe, because if we're going to try and um, attract players of the ilk of, let's say, Eduard or Dembele, and the list goes on, Van Dijk, uh, Wanyama and others, or a manager, an elite-style manager, then the only way to do that is by having a presence in Europe. So I don't think we can ever write that off. I totally agree with that. Stephen Ray. Stephen Ray... uh, runs and presents the Celtic Ray podcast. Now, the Celtic Ray podcast is one currently of 12 podcasts who are taking part in our charity weekender. Now, the Axom Quadruple Treble charity weekender takes place on the 19th and 20th of December. Colin, you're at it. 
you're coming back and forward you're, you're in and out you're as inconsistent as in Cham you're back let's hope you stay there right so Stephen Ray uh, runs a podcast and his podcast the Celtic Ray podcast is one of 12 who have signed up for the charity weekender so what we're going to be doing we're going to have 24 hours of live broadcast footage from a variety of sources uh, all around the Hearts Scottish Cup final where Celtic could obviously make even more history by becoming quadruple treble champions one hour slots uh, by individual podcasts so it's not just going to be my dulcet tones and that of Colin Watt and others on Axom and we're trying to embrace as many of the Celtic digital virtual media groups as possible uh, Stevie Ray is going to be one of those and Stevie says Neil has survived Ferenc Varos Rangers 2-0 defeat and a humbling 4-1 pumping of Prague's second string but will he survive the banner? That's interesting Colin, what's your thoughts on how influential something like the Green Brigade protest, because that is a virtual protest. The fans have every single right to come out and put, put their point across. The, the banner is obviously, I think, in retaliation to the comments that have came across from the board, which have been put out in the press in recent days that say that although they, they see that the, the voice and the opinions are out there, that they still believe that Neil Lennon can turn it around. Now, obviously, when you look at some of the banners that the, the Green Brigade have done before, um, I think they have got a point across to the Celtic board. And this is the, the only option they have to get out there. It's not as if they can get into the grounds at the minute. This is their way of putting their point across. And, okay... Some people will say it's not ideal that they've put it outside the ground, especially in the week that everything's gone on. Uh, Lucas as well Colin is on his way out again so Vinny Vinny on YouTube is making a comment that the Green Brigade won't get the board to fold here if anything they're more likely to stick by Lennon to show who runs the club and who makes the decisions well I can only think back to the previous protests uh, during my support of the club uh, obviously back in the dark old days and protests were very successful um, it's difficult as Colin was saying there before he disappeared um, it is very difficult these days for uh, a protest to even take place because of the fact that um, we're not able to go to the stadium but a group of fans have done that today it's been posted on social media and it is spreading like wildfire therefore it's something that uh, we have to stand up and take notice of now this is part one of a two part Axon Bulletin and we will have the second part coming up with none other than Tommy Sheridan, Tommy is coming uh, onto the show, he's going to be dialing into the show and he'll be talking about his support of Neil Lennon because I think what's important is we get a bit of balance about this uh, I think I and Axom have made our feelings known and pretty clear on the situation so we're going to get someone in to give us a different perspective on it and that is Tommy who I'm sure you will all be familiar with so loads of comments coming in and we'll continue to look at them and if Colin decides to come back in uh, we might bring him back into the broadcast before we close this one up around about one o'clock now the DJ of choice you're commenting on YouTube we have been flat since Gavin Strachan came in and we missed Damien Duff listen I think that's a great point because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes some people have got sources I mean that's been one of the issues actually in recent time is the amount of sources that are out there and you know people sending teams uh, via text and uh, those teams being read out live even on uh, Axom 
uh, much to the derision of many, me included. But um, the, these sources are things that um, do exist. They exist in every single football club. Um, and it's not always players. It could be a staff member. Uh, here he is. He just pops back and forward. You know, there he is, Colin. What's happening, man? Uh, I've seen a lot of comments in the, the chat about people saying that uh, some some quite nasty things, actually. Apparently, I was uh, I fell off and died. But um, no, just like their club, I'm That's back nice. from the dead. So, yeah, That's so just nice. like their club, I'm back from the dead. Okay, well, yes, I mean, we didn't want to talk about anything but Celtic, really, to be honest, Colin. That's what we do try and focus on, on a Celtic state of mind. Um, but people are, are very emotional at the moment, and it's quite clear that we're at that stage, Colin, where there's been a protest, because that's what it is. I mean, under the circumstances, that's as much of a protest that you can do safely uh, by the Green Brigade, who have made their feelings known. They've made their feelings known in the past. Um, I, I guess that some of the... The banners, some of the the, uh, the points that they've made in the past on their banners, some you would agree with, some that you won't agree with. Do you agree with the latest banner, Colin? For me, the question is, what option is there? What other option do the, does the Green Brigade have right now? I mean, they've put the statement out, and to be fair to them, the, the statement was very fair, I think. They, they basically say that I think someone is outside your house calling at the moment cutting your Wi-Fi cable it might might be Peter Lowell but they believe that their time is up and when Unfortunately, it looks as though we're going to be losing, Colin, but um, we will soldier on until our second guest comes in uh, and then we'll speak to Tommy, who is a very big supporter of Neil Lennon. And I think what's interesting as well is, as well as some of these these uh, comments that have been made by Martin O'Neill, there's been a lot of talk online about a charm offensive by Celtic as well, um, whereby they're coming out with a message and that message is that Neil Lennon is staying and everything remains the same. Is it a vote of confidence? Is it one of these things that... Um, we have given in the past to the likes of Tony Mowbray. Um, you know, you, you, all you have to do is have a look at the weeks leading up to Mowbray's uh, demise at the club and, you know, the, the board came out and said he was still the man for the job. Was he still the man for the job? Uh, it was ultimately no. It was a big no. Uh, therefore, what we're, we're going to be doing now, we've had a look at uh, Colin's take on the matter. I also found it very interesting that um, another Celtic podcast did an interview with former player Kelvin Wilson. I think his finest moment in Celtic jersey was probably part of the Celtic team who defeated Barcelona at Celtic Park back in 2012 um, Glasgow's Green Pod Gig Pod um, are also going to be joining us for the charity weekender on the 19th and 20th of December um, so brilliant that they've been able to go out and source uh, um, an interview with Kelvin Wilson we're all about bespoke content and that certainly is that where you go out you source an interview and you get some headlines as a result of it and you do deserve the headlines uh, what he was talking about is uh, a lack of opposition knowledge, no professional diets being implemented at Celtic Park. He was shocked at the healthy food Nottingham Forest were making the players um, after he left Celtic uh, to go to Nottingham. Uh, very little shape and training, more fitness drills. So it looks as though he was being fairly critical of the approach of Neil Lennon. But that was then and this is now. Has his methods changed? I mean, I don't know. I don't have an insight behind the curtain. I don't know what goes on behind the curtain at Celtic Park. But I did find it very interesting. Fair play to the podcast for getting the interview now. 
This um, Celtic State of Mind podcast was part one of two. We had Colin Watt, but he came back in the, uh, a couple of times, but I don't think there's any point in continuing to do that because if you continue to make the same mistakes time and time again, uh, you are only going to see the same outcome. And that's one of the biggest problems at the moment with Celtic. I'm hoping that we can turn it around. And our next guest, who's going to be on probably in the next five or ten minutes, is someone who is a supporter of Lennon, and that's Tommy Sheridan. So I've got to thank everybody for getting involved today. Uh, we'll be back online in the next five or ten minutes where I will be joined by Tommy Sheridan and we'll be able to discuss uh, someone who has a different view on the situation at Celtic at the moment. Thank you to Colin Watt and thank you to each and every single one of you for joining me today on part one of the Celtic State of Mind Bulletin. I'll see you again in ten minutes for part Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.